Uh, I'm all right. Um, I'm scraping by. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so I, I mean, sad. <laughs> you know, uh, there's uh, there's many reasons to just be like, cool. Let's put that season away and move on from it. And then otherwise, you know, I've been uh, distracting myself, uh, going deep into all the silly uh, cyber truck stuff with the cyber truck just oh. being delivered and whatnot mm-hmm. and just getting into that. And like, you know, that's sort of like not, not the cyber truck, but just like automotive tech and innovation as a whole is very much my bag. And so just yeah. been like unpacking all of that and kind of taking it in. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost about to post my sort of like Ooh. hot take, you know, Ooh. string onto the, onto the socials. Uh, probably a little bit after we finish uh, finish recording here. Uh, I'm um, excited but, for that. I've been I, that's, I mean, I've been queuing those videos up, John. Those are like the YouTube videos where I'm like, oh, someone did like an hour and twenty minute long breakdown of the Cybertruck. Yeah. I need to watch that eventually. Oh. Check out the the Jason Camisa one is mm-hmm. the best one out that's there. Or it's at least just like the slickest. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's at the it's, top it's of the queue, pre- quite literally. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty entertaining. Um, it does have to be taken a little bit with a grain of salt because it does yeah. it does come off as though he's like been bestowed very special access, and therefore he's yes. not as scathing as he might have been otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's a, I mean, I'll give you, sorry, I don't want to derail, uh, where, we're, <laughs> where we're going here, but just the, the short version of my mm-hmm. cyber truck take mm-hmm. is that, um, it's, I could go on and on about how I feel about the actual like design and aesthetics right. of it. Um, uh, the, the short version of it is not good. Um, but I give mm-hmm. them a lot of credit for being ridiculously ambitious, both in the yes. design and the aesthetic presentation of it. And, uh, there's a lot of really interesting, ambitious stuff that's happening as far as the engineering goes as well. And I think there's, it's going to be a shocking and a really striking vehicle when you see one out on the roads and, and all of that, I think that'll, yes. that'll make a really big impact. The thing that is my biggest pain point is that for something that no matter what is going to have a huge amount of influence and is also poised and they're, they keep describing it as being very futuristic. Like this is, you know, and like they keep saying like, finally, you know, a car that shows that the future will look like the future. And it's like, well, hold on. Like when you say the future you exclusively mean the future as imagined uh, 41 years ago by Ridley Scott in Blade Runner, right? Like that's that's, that's the, future. the future. Like that's yes. what we're modeling it after. Yeah. And it could have been, it could have been this thing that's going to have tons of influence mm-hmm. and may actually precipitate the future of automotive design in general rather than looking like what the future could be it mm-hmm. looks like what we thought the future could be yeah when i was 2 years old yes like yes. when i was 2 years old that that was the that was the vibe that was the vibe so for sure like, yeah so That's here like, we are what what a what a wasted opportunity <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, basically yeah. Um, it makes me a little, makes me a little nuts. It has the vibe of like, if you go back and watch any teen drama, uh, from like the nineties, uh, like any of that stuff on like the CW that was like, that it just started like showing up. If you go back and watch those, it's so painfully obvious. It was written by a room full of like 40 to 50 year old straight white men. Uh, like, it's just like, oh, all of their like nostalgia. I mean, look at like Beverly Hills, 90210, like that specifically was written by just a bunch of straight white men in their forties and fifties. So you look at it and you're like, why does this show feel like it's in the 1950s? And it's like, well, that's because that's when they were teenagers. 
and they're like young adulthood. So that's what they're referencing in the nineties. And that is exactly like the design idea of like the folks there is like, Oh, let's like, let's imagine a future. And it's, should we bring any like young people in to talk about what their vision of the future is? And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's like, pull in someone who is completely stuck in the late eighties and early nineties, who thinks the Chevy Lumina van is like the future. Uh, and then yeah. Yeah. that's the design. I mean, so, so like the, and Tesla's making a, they're making a humanoid robot right now, mm-hmm. but they didn't, yep. they didn't design the humanoid robot to look like, uh, the robot butler from Rocky four, you know, like they yeah. didn't, they didn't do that. They weren't like, Hey, yep. we should make it look like, you know, it would be cool. You know, it'd be hip. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be fun and edgy. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I can't, I can't keep it. Yeah. Keep it together yeah. Over this. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's get back on, get me back on track here, Corey. Come right. on, yeah. Please. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get back on track. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One podcast. We are just a couple of best friends who absolutely love F1 and clearly the car world and design world just on the peripherals of F1. Uh, I am one of those hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm John Lapore, creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Holding it down on the East Coast. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Our first week, no F1. We've got some little bits of information, some developments, some things that are happening with some of the deals, some of the sort of, you know, silly season and contracts and whatnot. Um, But I think the best place for us to start is looking back on this season's Mm -hmm. driver damage totals, which came out. uh, I believe this is a approximation or speculative cost based on analysis of how each car was damaged how many times over the course of the season. Okay. But we have So I don't have this in front of me, John. So I just I've I, got I, I've got it I've got it all up. I've got but it right I, I here. Wanna, I want to put some uh, uh real quick my predictions for the people who caused the most damage to their cars. Uh Okay. I want to say Sergio Perez is way up there, absolutely way up there towards towards the top of that uh, list. Uh, Charles, okay, Charles Leclerc, I think, is someone who also might be. Oh no, no, not Charles Leclerc. I'm going with the other side of the garage. Carlos Sainz would be one of the other people who's up there. Um, Bing, uh, <laughs> and then who else might we have that has caused a ton of trouble oh um just because i feel like he didn't really show up that much i think lance stroll may have been someone else who's who's a little up there um nice all right and then of course uh our man logan Sargent uh finishing uh finishing all right so so yeah the 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 breakdown in order goes logan Mm-hmm. Carlito, number okay. two. Okay, of course. Sergio. Mm-hmm. And then in fourth place is Esteban Ocon. Oh, I was going to say Esteban. Yep. And fifth place is Lance Stroll. So you were you were pretty much uh, right on there. Okay. You got you got you you called out four, and it was you you hit basically four on the top five. Um, yep. Logan. Uh, to me it feels like logan should be in a whole like verstappen-esque class of his own here yeah um but i will say he's only uh he's not even a full million dollars ahead of carlos Sainz in second place logan's coming in at 4.3 million carlos is at 3.6 um so that's pretty pretty far up there and i mean from there 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 are quite a few drivers that have crossed you know pretty much the top half of this field is above the two million dollar mark yeah yeah which is relatively relatively hefty um you know worth noting that 
Verstappen is, of course, dead last with $345,000 worth okay. of damage. Um, I'm probably like a front shocked. wing end plate or something like that. Yeah. 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 I'm shocked that second to last is George Russell with $670,000. I feel like he's <laughs> constantly banging that car yeah, around is. like Be, all over thing. the place. Yeah. Throwing it into barriers. Yeah. Um, really? That's it for Georgie. I mean, they do build the Mercedes like tanks. That is kind of it's a it's clearly a very resilient car. Yeah, yeah. Mm, all right. Um, huh. but yeah, I mean, so all right, top of this list, Logan Sargent. I mean, I guess Logan Sargent probably has. If we were to chart this out, Logan yeah. Sargent probably has the biggest gap between him and any other driver as I'm looking through this, like he's that, that almost full million dollar, like that, uh, what is it? Eight, uh, $9 million. No, no, I'm sorry. $7 million Delta or, or sorry, $700,000 Delta yeah. between him and Carlos is the biggest gap on the, on the field that we have, um, which in relation. Is, so it's even more impressive when you take into account that, for the most part, the first half to almost three quarters of this season, Logan Sargent really didn't do any actual crash damage to that car. Like it was just he wasn't doing well. He just well. did emotional damage. Yeah, to himself and to yeah, to to James Vowles being like, Okay, well, it can't get much worse. Um yeah, that that I think all of those accidents, those big accidents that he had at like the end of qualifying or like early on in the race or whatever, all of that stuff happened after the summer break. So it's that's even more impressive that he did it in half the time that everyone else did. It's uh, that's a really uh, good point. It puts it all in perspective as an accelerated program. Uh, yeah, that yeah that he was in. Um, it's also well, great. Kudos. Rook, rookie of the year was between Oscar Piastri and Logan Sargent. And that's just like, oh. how, how could you have a bigger, more obvious, more glaring winner in that case? Like, oh, yep. he won a sprint race in his first year in Formula One versus the guy who got outqualified every single race by every his. single race yep <laughs> oh, every God. single time yep um yeah. so you know congratulations to logan for mm -hmm. for taking home the the top podium in the driver yep. damage totals with nearly a one million dollar delta and uh in addition Impressive. to winning that Corey, uh tell the folks what else has logan Sargent won he has won or maintained diplomatic immunity. He has won himself Oof. a seat in the Williams next year, um, which is just, John, I know that you, like, you were right. I was wrong. I've been saying this whole time, Logan Sargent, he better get his act together because <laughs> he's just like one fingernail width away from mm -hmm. losing his seat. And you've just been like, Fingers interlaced behind your head, leaning all the way back in your chair, being like, I don't know. I think that guy's got immunity. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a razor thin margin. This dude, he better. I mean, there's there are people waiting in the wings for these seats. And you're like, I get just there's something about this. It just feels like he's got it. And you were right. He's got it. I don't know how. Like, it makes no sense. So they Williams has even published several videos with them celebrating the yeah. sort of like contract renewal for Logan. Um, and so, you know, yes, we, we always describe this as diplomatic immunity because I, I do firmly believe that yeah. he is with the team because of his American background, that being very potentially attractive to American sponsors, of which they have several, yep. uh, you know, the, in 2023, and will continue to have several more of in 24. And Williams is notably by a Dalton. team that is 
right? So yep. it's an American uh, venture capital company. So it's yeah. And and a team that's notably, you know, in need of every every cent uh that yeah. they can get, right? Um yep. so these these videos that they've put out on Instagram and whatnot, where it's James Vowles, you know, congratulating him or shaking his hand or doing the signing or say, hey, let's close out the deal and whatnot. Like you can see it in James. And I have the mo- utmost respect for James Vowles. I think yeah. he's done an amazing job this season with Williams. And I think for that reason alone, Williams is going to continue to be a team to watch for the next yes. several seasons under his purview. I think he's it, it you do get the sense that he's working magic there. But you also watch these videos and you get this sense that like uh you know many of us have been in a situation before seen a scenario where it's sort of like the the boss comes into the room and is like they themselves are trying to control their inner cringe while uh-huh. announcing to the rest of the group like and I'd like to introduce you all to our new vice president who you already know because he's my nephew, you know, and they're just choking their way through that knowing that everybody else knows. Everybody knows exactly what's going on here, but we're just going to keep pushing this forward and pretending like everything's cool. And this is, this is perfectly normal. So. Yeah. Yep. Just because, yeah, yeah, it, it's it is a it is a very gross. Not to say that Logan Sargent has not earned a seat in F one. He definitely earned a seat in F one this past year. Did he do enough to keep that seat for next year? Is maybe just as big of a like obvious answer as did he earn? like his right to have the seat this year. Uh, yeah. hundred percent earned his right. Did he do enough? Uh, if it was opposite day, yes, he would have done everything correct to keep that seat in F1. If he had quite literally out qualified his teammate at any grand Prix, most especially one of his three home grand Prix. Uh, if he didn't get, knocked out of qualifying because he couldn't put a lap together. Like that was how he finished the season was he couldn't well, even of, keep the car what, on track when it was its best. One of our other rookies this season, uh, or quote unquote rookies, Nick DeVries, yeah. I think was yeah. performing significantly better mm-hmm. than Logan. Yep. But still wasn't, wasn't cutting it and was, you know, cut out of the sport without any surprise was cut right out of the sport mm-hmm. mid season. So, you know, Logan, you know, bless your heart. Yeah. Keep it. on, keep, keep on keeping on do yeah. your thing. I, yeah, I hope he has a wonderful 2024, <laughs> Me too. Uh, but Me I, too. I, I do think it's just going to be a lot of, stomach acid for, for James Vowles. That's just the biggest contribution I see to the, to the Williams organization there. Yep. I, I do too. Uh, Oh, uh, there was an interview. Uh, so, uh, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but it's like, there's a dude who gets a bunch. I think Ben Anderson is maybe the, the reporter's name, but basically he's a, he's, I think he's a sky uh, sports uh, guy like maybe he's like the dude who always gives like the detailed uh, reports on Sky F1 he's not like a commentator but he definitely has a ton of news but he basically sat down with Alex Albon and had like a hour plus discussion with Alex Albon about uh, his experience at Red Bull and just like Alex going through like a retrospective of his time there and looking at like, well, you know, if you look at the numbers, um, I, out of all of Max's teammates, since I was there, I did stay the closest to him. I was still only like three tenths Mm -hmm. behind him. And you look at everyone else and it's like, they're like five to six to eight tenths behind him. 
so it's like peculiar, you know, and he's like, you know, it's Alex Albon. So he's being unbelievably polite and just so like respectful uh, because that's who he is uh, off track. Um, so he's like mm-hmm. very politely dancing around these issues. But basically he's like, I, there's, there's no reason for me to have lost my seat, especially when you put it up against the fact that people who have come to replace me have done worse than I have, like on paper have done worse. Um, So he's like, you know, I was finishing like fourth or fifth or sometimes sixth or seventh and Max was finishing third and fourth. And now when he's finishing first, every time his teammates are barely making it into like fifth and sixth. And that's just, it's worse. It is worse. Um, podium wise, it's worse. Lap times, it's worse. Uh, performance, it's worse. Um, but he also went into an amazing description of what the Red Bull is, and like, ha- like it just for me, it made it so crystal clear uh, how good Max is, and like why Max is good. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, basically, if like you took your mouse." And you took the sensitivity of your mouse and turned it all the way up. So like anytime you moved Mm -hmm. it anywhere on the screen, it darts all the way across the screen. That's how Max likes the Red Bull to respond. So like the tiniest little input makes that car go in exactly the direction that you wanted it to go. And if you don't relinquish that input, it will continue going in that direction or make an adjustment to that input. So like when people are like, Oh yeah, Max likes a really pointy car. Like that's the best analogy that I'd heard. And it's like, Oh, okay. I get that. It's like video games. And I think we've all suspected. Yeah. For a while that it's, it's almost impossible for anyone else to tame Max's Mm -hmm. horse. Right. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's, that's a perfect way of, of encapsulating it. Yeah. So it was like, I loved hearing that explanation and it immediately made me have that much more respect for Max Verstappen as a driver. Cause it's like, that's to be like really precise with your inputs. Now we're talking about Fernando Alonso. We're talking about Lewis Hamilton. We're talking about Sebastian Vettel, but like having a car that is just so unruly. I mean, it's what Lewis has been talking about. Yeah. All like the past two years where he's like, it's just not predictable. It's not predictable in any way. And after hearing that explanation, I was like, oh, I think the Red Bull is just never predictable. It's just Max is that good at reacting to it, Uh, which like puts him in a category all by himself. I mean, I can completely put my hands up and be like, yeah, he's a better driver than Lewis. If that's if Lewis's main complaint is the car is unpredictable and Max's like strength is driving an unpredictable car. It's like, all right, well, there's clearly. (laughs) <laughs> you can't there's you can't compare those two so yep shout out to albon for making that super clear and like i will take my hat off to max uh for his skill at controlling that wild of a stallion um yeah Oy. all right elsewhere in deals mm-hmm. going on what else what else have we got happening in this past week so the it's not finalized, um, but the rumors have been swirling. Uh, Ferrari made the announcement that they have entered contract negotiations with both Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. They're being a little bit more, uh, they're being a little bit looser, I'd say, with the details. And by they, I mean like Ferrari is being a little bit looser with the details uh, with the Italian press. Uh, and it seems like, Ferrari is clearly picking their lead driver in like the grossest possible way, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. by leaking these details uh, or not leaking any details at all um, of, of these contract negotiations. What, what have you, what have you heard on, on this, this front, Johnny? All right. So it sounds like Leclerc is going to be, locking himself in mm-hmm. until 2029. Yeah. Five years. Five-year deal. 
two regulation which changes. seems two regulation changes which which seems insane given the current circumstances and how much of an abusive relationship yeah. this appears to be and he's like basically saying like yes let's let's get married and have kids mm-hmm. and you know uh, and start a business together. Yes, exactly. You know, let's yeah. do all of let's do all of these things. Yeah. And assume that it's all going to go according to plan. And so he's already locked up through um the 24 season, but this is mm-hmm. to basically move forward from the 24 season. Like I don't know how this is something where I, I mean I have to imagine that his team stalls some of the deal making until he can at least test the 24 car or something along those lines but mm, but even, I'm, is there even if they is it do wrong that yeah, yeah like is it wrong that my immediate take is just that like this is someone who's got stockholm syndrome and they're making an awful decision like when yeah. when max signed this very long contract extension with red bull i took mm-hmm. it immediately as like the opposite as though max has seen some irrefutable evidence that red bull's going to have some extended dominance into the future is he pulled over on a road and the romani lady showed him like what his laurels will look like in like 2027 and he was like what i could win five championships by uh yeah, I'm going to sign the deal. I'm going to sign the deal. Let's go yeah. for this. But I, yeah, I feel is, like I mean, is there is there any chance that mm-hmm. there's something that Charles knows that you know is 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 there something that he's seen that's making him truly feel like it's going to be better for the next five years, or is know. he? Is he just Stockholmed into a, an awful? Does he just keep crawling back to to Bobby Brown and? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a it's a combination of the two, right? Like he's definitely. I think because he like grew up in Monaco, because he is like the you know he's that guy. He is very familiar with. Formula One is like part of his existence. His, you know, his little brother is in the feeder series and he's like, you know, he's he's showing up and he looks so good in Ferrari gear and they get him nice looking clothes and stuff. I, I mean, is that so is is the crack rock that he's, you know, desperately dying for? Is it just that idea of like, I could go to a better team, but just imagine if if Ferrari could turn it around and yeah. I could be the driver that's there for the yeah. Ferrari turnaround. Because Ferrari has to turn around at some point in our in our lifetime, right? <laughs> like it's like Ferrari isn't going to Ferrari can't be perpetually trash until the end of time. Yeah. In the sport that they have such a uh an enormous imprint on like mm-hmm. there has to be a point in time where the pendulum sways back Ferrari's way. I mean, this is what we were talking about before we started recording. Like it's been 15 years since Ferrari got a title. Oh. It's been six years since they've had like even a glimmer of hope, right? Like, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's tricky to say that, it could get much worse. So maybe that's what Charles is doing is he's like, well, a broken clock is right twice a day. And it's yeah, been yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 10 and a half hours. My it's, it's, we got like, there's no way, you know, um, I just got to like, make like sure he's I don't got go to the like, bathroom he's, the he's next- all, yeah. <laughs> he, he already has a huge amount of like the, Tifosi cryptocurrency and he's just like yeah well if i get rid of it now then it'll soar through the roof the moment i get rid of it so i'm mm-hmm. just gonna keep holding on to it as it yeah. plunges lower and lower into the darkness it, uh, yeah oh, it's 
it's not looking good, but uh, but also maybe maybe he has seen something that we we don't, right? Like he's the fact that Ferrari has had the fastest car other than the Red Bull pretty consistently over the past like year or so is it, I think it's just enough of like he's still he's outside the room and people are smoking that rock in the room and he can like <laughs> smell it so he's like almost yeah. getting yeah, yeah, what yeah. he needs so it's like that you know that and not to mention there are no other seats available for him like this is this is an historical year because Max won so much Red Bull was so dominant also this is the first time in the history of not just modern formula 1 but in the history of grand prix motorsport racing that we've had the same field of drivers from one year to the next like that's never happened before uh so that kind of has put Charles in the position where he doesn't have anywhere to go right like the only place that might take him would be Red Bull, maybe. But then they've got Daniel Ricardo in the wings and they've got Liam Lawson waiting, you know, uh, just yeah. off stage. So it's like, I don't know if he's got anywhere to go. He can't go to Alpine, the the completely French team, because they already have two French drivers who are like, yep, they're, they're all Frenched good. out. Yeah, yeah, who are like two Grand Prix winning French drivers. I think Alpine's fine. They don't need anything else. And they've got Jack Duhan like in the wings waiting for a drive there. So like, you know, they've got someone so, who's, yeah, yeah. So you, you alluded to this before. What does this mean for, for signs? I think this is bad for signs. This is bad because signs, if, if Leclerc has nowhere to go, Carlos Sainz has absolutely nowhere to go, right? Like this dude, like he can't go. Maybe he'll get that Sauber seat if Zhou Guan Yu doesn't outperform. I can't imagine. I, I just can't. I can't even visualize <sighs> Carlos Sainz going anywhere else. Like again, it's like, yeah. It's, it's what, you know, you know, you know, he's not going anywhere, you know, he's got, you know, and, but, but also like, what does this mean that this preferential treatment is being given to Charles after a season where Carlos Sainz was the only driver to win Mm -hmm. a non Red Bull Grand Prix where Carlos Sainz was in many, many races, the team's leading hope where it seemed in numerous instances where he had a better chance at propelling the team forward and, and actually ended up doing so on, on one occasion. Like, yeah, what's, yeah. what's up with that? Like, is I it, mean, is it still just sort of this, like, no, 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 we accepted a long time ago that Chuck was number one. <sighs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it is that they just really, you know, Ferrari, as as someone with Italian heritage and, and an appreciation for Italian culture, there's like a lot of fierce pride in not just like Italian culture, but in like making a strong decision, right? Like that is definitely something that is like valued, Right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. In in most European cultures, but I feel like it's like extremely focused in Italian culture. So like for yes. the for its most exalted brand, right? The thing that is other than like you know Milan, like other other than like soccer. Ferrari is like the national sport identity, right? For for Italians. So like they made a choice to go, "Hey, we're backing Charles Leclerc, we're not backing Sebastian Vettel." That was a huge choice for them to make. Like m- maybe the big. I mean, I remember when it happened when like and we were both pretty astonished at how much they were like yeah, we're going to go with Charles Leclerc, the unproven race car driver versus like the proven multiple world champion. Um, 
And I think that they just chose Charles a while ago and they can't relent on that. They just can't, whether it's pride. Yeah, I think I think it's the the cement is sort of set on on that decision. Yeah, which sucks. I mean, it sucks as a fan of the sport. And I can only imagine as like a Ferrari fan, it probably is like, I don't know, maybe as a, because like I've seen Ferrari fans who are like, good, I'm glad Carlos Sainz is getting like the second, second chair treatment. It's like, well, I don't know if that's helpful. If like the fan base itself is kind of turning against Carlos, it feels dangerous. Yeah, Um, that doesn't seem... That doesn't seem right to me. Um, all right. Either either way around it. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, hey, good good for Ferrari. They're keeping it. They're keeping the family together. That's at least, you know, if, if the news was otherwise that everybody was hunting elsewhere and whatnot, that would be much worse for yeah. the, the Ferrari family as a whole. At least good to know that uh, you know, Adam Driver will have his his two little boys within <laughs> arm's reach to you know abuse as he <laughs> yeah. as he wishes yeah. um, for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, he yeah. does have yeah. those long arms. He can <laughs> he can wield a rolled up newspaper like better than than anybody. Oh. Um, all right, uh, what's wh- what's the deal with uh, uh, you? You mentioned. Before some uh, Danny uh, Rick rumors, yeah. what's yeah. what's what's this all about? Uh, so uh, first of all, there was I, I forgot to to mention this, but there's like footage of like a Honda day of go karting. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, um, but it was, no, I didn't. This sounds delightful. It is delightful, and it is you're going to absolutely love this specific moment. Um, Apparently, early on in the race, uh, there was a moment between Verstappen and Ricardo where, like, Ricardo was basically squeezed out and was, like, pushed to the back of the pack. So he waited a full lap, then cut the course, and then basically Verstappened Verstappen. He just took Verstappen out of the race by like tapping his rear bumper, spun him around and like the rest of the field takes off and you just see Max in his little go-kart pointed the wrong way after Ricardo <laughs> took him out. It's like <laughs> so great. And I, 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 pull, I just pulled it up right now. It's, it's so uh, wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. lovely to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's, uh, <laughs> they're driving like total jerks uh, yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh bless bless them. Yeah. Uh it's all in good um, fun. <laughs> Danny, like... Danny Danny Rick doing the even the ducking his head down low trying to make himself slightly more mm-hmm. aerodynamic in the in the cart. This yeah. is uh Yeah, it, lovely. it was it was really really fun to watch that. Uh and like I knew it was happening. I saw a bunch of pictures and then I saw that that clip and was like, "Oh, this is incredible." Um Maybe I do want Danny Ricardo in that seat next to Max uh, on the front mm-hmm. row, just playing those mind games of like, is Danny Rick going to like weirdly dive bomb me? Is this going to be some weird, like, I don't know, payback from like, <laughs> yeah, what was, well, I didn't get, what, what Grand Prix was that? Was it Budapest or something where like uh, Max like took Danny Ricardo out? <laughs> Whatever it was. I want to, I want to see this sort of, I want to see this sort of madness. Um, the, yeah. the most, so this, I, I see this video posted uh, mm-hmm. on the Formula One Reddit and the, the most upvoted comment is sprint race should be on cart. Oh my which God. I can't can't agree with all right yeah yeah let's let's uh change the spec of the cars and then give them free reign to just like dive bomb each other safely of course safely um but yeah so there's there 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 was that video that came out of daniel ricardo and as that video came out of daniel ricardo there were some rumors that were going around um that I believe Joe Seward was talking about were basically his like 
F1 inside info that he gets from the Red Bull camp. Someone told him that Daniel Ricardo, with his new contract, uh, in concert with Sergio's new contract, basically within the first six races, if Sergio has not stayed within a certain time or has not like outpaced max or something like that. Like there's a, there are circumstances written into that contract that basically say, if you don't do what we tell you to do in the first six races, we're going to put Daniel Ricardo in your seat and Sergio, you no longer get to drive. Um, so, yeah. so, I mean, there's gotta be a clause that's like, uh, you know, Sergio, you must maintain the ideal, uh, hip to waist ratio measurement yep, uh yep. particularly in comparison against your your much more attractive teammate uh-huh. um and i'm sure a number of like you know all sorts of other things that they're tracking you know they're probably like if your credit yep. score fluctuates yep. uh more than two points in either direction we yep. have grounds to eliminate you from the team we'll also be auditing your uh childhood library card to look for late returns <laughs> yeah. and if you exceed the the late return window you know uh anywhere from second to fifth grade this number of times mm-hmm. we also have the right to expel you from the team um if this is yeah this your, is just if you don't tie your race boots um like with the the right loop over the left loop uh you will immediately have to relinquish your seat uh to daniel ricardo Mm -hmm. uh like just all yeah there's no way that he's not walking the tightest of tight ropes for the entire season yep which yeah as we discussed it should be easy to do that while driving a car that is as easy to control as the red bull is (laughs) right as the yeah as the as the hypersensitive uh you know space shuttle that he has to uh pilot millimeters off the racing surface um yeah, yeah i mean oh, this oh, is then, you know so the the other part of that little uh little uh contract thing is it's not that sergio will then go to alpha towery it's that liam lawson slots into alpha towery and basically takes over daniel ricardo's contract uh, with Alpha Tauri, and then Daniel Ricardo's contract shifts to a Red Bull contract, which then triples his pay. Yeah, from his contract yeah, yeah, yeah. at Alpha Tauri. So it's like it's yeah. not just like bragging rights to drive the Red Bull. It's hey, dude, do you want to triple your money? All you have to do is drive the lights off of this car. Just like drive this car like you stole it because you basically have stolen it and you could steal a better car if you drive this one like you stole it it's just so like does this mean that danny rick is also gonna be like you know sprinkling a few drops of of visine in checo's uh-huh. uh water water bottle and and whatnot like uh-huh. this is this I mean, it already would appear as though like walking through the hallways of Red Bull, Danny Rick is like stepping on Checo's heels yeah, as yeah. they're as they're going around and is just breathing down his neck. And I mean, not that Danny Rick is the type of person to be malevolent about any of that, but I have to imagine mm-hmm. he's just kind of like rubbing his palms together and just waiting for yeah. everything to fall perfectly into place for him to maybe have like, you know, he's had a, a, a very um, kind of all over the place status as a driver over yeah. the last decade or so. He's got to be coming up on 10 years if he's not already 10 oh, years yeah. In, yeah. in F1. But he may have out of all the drivers have gotten like some of the absolute best deals. Yes. Yeah particularly in terms of like McLaren paying him. Yeah. What was it like $8 million to not race to? Yeah. Just to fully not get behind the wheel of a car for the first half of 2023. Like that was what he was paid. And then as soon as it became like 
he basically his deal was like you cannot be uh, a primary driver in any team for the first half of next year, and then as soon as they yeah. had the opportunity to slot him in at Alpha Tauri, uh, they were like. <clears throat> All right, Nick, you can uh, whatever you want to do. Go to business school, do, do a publicity tour, hang out with your friends. We're going to put Danny in your car. Uh, <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. yeah, we've seen the back half of the season. Um, Daniel Ricardo not do as well as Yuki, to be fair. But I would rather see Daniel Ricardo in that second Red Bull seat than Yuki Sonoda because... Daniel can handle that pressure. I don't think Yuki would handle that pressure at all, let alone like in a healthy way, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. Also, basically Red Bull has said, we are fully coming to terms with the fact that Alpha Tauri or whatever they will be known as next year is our junior team. Uh, so Alpha Tauri for the last couple of races in 2023 used the Red Bull rear suspension and you could see their performance go up and up and up to the point of where they were quite literally like challenging um, uh, Williams for that seventh spot in, in the constructors championship. Um, so with upgraded hardware, with more confidence back with Danny being completely secure in the fact that he's got a seat no matter what next year. I think we're going to see a Daniel Ricardo who is like just counting down the laps until he can drive that Red Bull. Like it's not even a race. I mean, it's a great, it's yeah. a great, great place to be to know that, you know, the, the bigger opportunities are still ahead of you and mm-hmm. easily within reach and also not fully like under your own control. Like you just kind of have to yeah. sit back and wait for somebody else to I'm, I mean there's like screw a, the pooch. Yeah, there's like a picture of him like on vacation with Christian Horner. Uh like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, dude, you are the golden boy. All you have to do is sit back and relax and not break your hand again. But even if you do break your hand again, it's all right. We got someone who will come in and like score a whole bunch of points because he's already showed that he'll score a bunch of points uh, yep. on debut in the wet on a track he's never driven before. Um, so, yeah, I think they're in really good shape. They're, uh, the Red Bull camp in general is in really good shape going into next year. Um, so apparently there's something else that we didn't discuss in the the pre-show, which is mercedes uh and toto and what they've been talking about basically since uh like vegas um one um mbs said that like oh um yeah if michael massey if there was like a spot in the fia for michael massey like we would welcome him open arms And, (laughs) and toto was like i do not welcome him back with open arms I do not see a place for him in this sport. Like it was just such a like, nope, I'm, I am not ready. I'm not ready to go out to your birthday party and see my ex there. Like I am not ready. So please do not invite my ex to your birthday party. Like that's basically what is happening. Um, In addition to that, Toto has said the same thing that Aston Martin said at the end of last year going into this year, which is we are changing pretty much the entire car. We are changing every component on the car and hoping that it doesn't go in the wrong direction, uh, which is like, Oh, Hey, you don't need to say that Toto. You don't need to say that part. We're all, we're all hoping it doesn't go in the wrong direction. Um, no, work. You, you sound very confident that it's all that you know exactly what you're doing yeah. there. Yeah, Toto, don't say that. I hope. Part. I hope. Yeah, don't say. I <sighs> hope we don't completely screw it all up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, oh. but that is uh, basically oh. what we're looking at. Is we'll probably see a uh, like the same idea as the the Red Bull with their. Uh, suspension, their anti-dive suspension setup, um, some of their aerodynamic setups, 
clearly the floor changes that they made uh, with the Mercedes were working. Uh, so once they get that whole package together, ideally they will at least be not having to worry about their customer teams beating them. <laughs> um, if- I don't like, yeah, I don't even, I, yeah, yeah. I've lost the will to be hopeful or optimistic. I, I, you know, I want them to get it together and yeah, get back to where they once were. But I, I, you know, I, I can no longer see the tea leaves and think like, well, this is a good sign or, you yeah. Know, yeah. Well, that sounded promising. Like to me, it all sounds the same, which is just like, they're, yeah. they're just rolling the dice uh, so saying, season after season. And they get like one roll of the dice per season. Exactly. Yeah. And hope that it, that it's going to go their way. Yeah. Because the cost cap, they can't, they showed repeatedly year on year that like when they get it wrong they may not get it right by the end of the year like go baby go baby go baby oh Um, side pod snake eyes yeah (laughs) uh yeah so that is that's where ah, that's that's kind of like the hopeful question mark um direction that mercedes is going in um it's also so did you see like the pictures of them uh like winning P2 in the constructors? Did you see like those Mercedes like no. promo? So like there are a couple of pictures where it's like, oh wow, they're really excited and like everyone is like pumped to win P2 and they're all like doing the like fist pump or whatever, including Lewis. And then someone took a video of that picture that's being taken. And you can it's like it's like the the live the iPhone live photo like and then you see what happens when everyone thought the picture wasn't being taken. Yep. Uh, and by everyone, I mean Lewis Hamilton, because he very clearly oh, knows no. when the picture is about to be taken, and he like puts on a smile before that picture is taken. He is doing like the thirty yard stare of just like, oh god, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here, and then like cameras up and he like fists up smile and as soon as that's done like back to get me out of here get me out and he just like slowly gets Uh. away uh meanwhile like george is like walking around like giving daps and pounds he's got his hands out on on two different walls yeah yeah which i don't blame him george comes from a team that did not do well and now yeah, no, no, he's, he's he's on he's on a different trajectory. Yeah, altogether. yeah, they got third last year. Second this year is an improvement for him. But if you look at Lewis, it's like this dude does not. He is not happy with this. Uh, understandably so. Uh, so that was I, a, little, I, a little yeah a little tricky. Yeah, I uh, I I I get it. I get it. Um, um, all right. Well, so let, let's let's wrap it up here with the tiniest little bit of news or rumored news, I guess, about tease, yeah. a tease, a if tease, you will, a tease. Uh, yeah. Steph, Stefano Domenicali came out and said, hey, uh, I just want everyone to know we've got some really exciting things that we're cooking up for next year's yeah. sprint format. And we know everybody's going to love it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to tell you what any of that is. No. Now, that sound to me, I take that as a pretty bold statement, which yeah. to me means like only one thing, which could be that the sprint in some way has some form of a reverse grid yes. applied to it, right? Is that a fair assumption for me to kind of like- jump into? the only thing they did not address it's the they were like we're making some changes to the format and they were like well what do you mean does that mean reverse grid and they were like well we're not sure about that i don't think that's what we're talking about and it's like ah hey denial right there mm-hmm. you just denied mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. it is being heavily considered uh so ooh if we could get some reverse grids that would be the top 10 uh, finishers would be swapped around in their grid spot. So it would make for much more interesting racing. Um, they could also... That's, that's good. That's good. I, I didn't realize that it was just top 10. That makes actually a lot of sense because that yeah. means that it's not 
it's not putting like Logan Sargent on it's the on the tip of the strap. spear, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. We don't basically need that. for for him to be doing some like gross John esque, you know, yep. tumbling over the rest of the field. Yep. Uh, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh so yeah. So uh it, they may do some version of that, which now that you say that, John, I kind of think it'd be great if they did like swap position one for ten and then position eleven for twenty. Like I would like to see right, 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 reverse right. grid top ten, reverse grid uh eleven through uh through twenty. And yeah, Lord Lord help, you know, twenty through through position twenty through yeah. twelve. Uh yeah. that's uh but that's it's gonna just, be a really spicy uh But that's what I'm saying. Like oof. it like really would penalize the people who didn't quite make it into like the second and third rounds of qualifying for the sprint, right? Like if you go yeah. like, oh no, if I get like P twelve, well, I'm now going to so, be so my, eighteen. Like, yeah. Well, my my assumption is that what this means is that there wouldn't be a sprint qualifying session. They would take the race qualifying session, and it would be reversing that right. grid right. on yeah. itself, so that you also don't have to eat up practice valuable practice sessions and and things like that. Yeah. So that was, that's what like ideally will happen. The thing that's kind of floated around as the rumor is that they're just swapping out like, oh, we'll just do like race qualifying after the sprint race. So we would do like free practice one, then maybe like a sprint qualifying and then the sprint in the morning and then race qualifying in the afternoon and then the actual Grand Prix on Sunday, which is like the most boring version of like we're making really bold and interesting changes. It's like, no, you're not. You're just trading sessions. That's not a bold change. Um, so yeah. Well, I, I hope that they shock us all and it's even bolder and they're like, we're doing reverse grid. It's gonna, you know, it's going to be perfectly uh, set up. And yeah. not only that, but we're bringing Latifi out of retirement yes. to during the sprint drive around the track in the opposite direction in a cyber truck. Yeah, exactly. And that will be that will be the new sprint the yeah. sprint format moving yeah. forward. Uh, uh, and 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 in case anyone was wondering, yes, the drivers can use the cyber truck as a moving ramp yes. to try and actually leap over one another Mario Kart style. Exactly. Um so that would be that that would be the dream. Um and then the other thing that like was like rumored is that because of the Qatar Grand Prix, they're going to introduce some sort of like cooling duct that will then help ideally uh help out with like drivers not dying in the cockpit or passing out uh on like straightaways like they were uh like Lance Stroll was doing in Qatar. Um I, th- I think that's I think that sounds very generous of them. Yeah, which also could be a little opportunity for some tomfoolery, right? Uh, some shenanigans if we're introducing new cooling things like that could be like a sneaky F duct. There could be like some weird stuff in there. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, all right, John, that'll do it. I think that's that's enough in this like uh, post Abu Dhabi 2023 environment. I think we've chatted about this. We've gotten out all of our desperate need to talk about F1 and F1 news. Where uh where do you think where do you think the stock is? Do you think the stock is is still on the rise? Right now I think the stock is static. It is flat for the foreseeable future only to set up some dramatic movement uh later in the yeah. off season. Yeah, agreed. I think that the stock is like right where it needs to be. It's not going up. It's not going down. Um, It's like kind of increased a little bit because like people are interested in like, oh, what are these drivers going to be doing in like the subsequent weeks after the championship has been decided? So there's some interest there, but I think it's, you know, it's not going up, not going down, Um, but not in a bad way. It doesn't plateau in like an uninteresting way. Um, just in a necessary, let's take a little break kind of way. Uh, all right. Where can the folks find you out there in the world, Johnny? Uh, you can always track me down via my home base of johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? 
You can find me on CoreyPWillis.com. Uh, track us down on Twitter and TikTok as the F1 Files. Uh, and also on Instagram as the F1 Files podcast. Folks, we're going to catch up with you next week. Just like you will catch up with us next week. I promise. On these F1 Files. Oh!